Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Thank you, as always, so much for joining us again this week. We have another fun top five for you, and we have a returning guest, a buddy of mine out there, a virtual buddy of mine, I guess, technically. <laughs> but, you know, I brought the show back recently, and I said, I got I to start hitting up my old friends and get them back on the show. And Miss Emily Higgins was gracious enough to join me again. We got together, I don't know, probably a year and a half, two years ago. We talked Sandy B, Sandra Bullock. A dream. Uh, it was a blast. And I think you came out one more time before that, but I'm old and I can't remember what it was. Do you remember or no? Uh, was that Versus? Oh, yeah, yeah. We did Versus movies. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Uh, after a couple hundred of these, I'm like, what did I do again? <laughs> But yes, uh, I love having you on the show, and uh, Emily is here from Tasteless. How are you? Good. I've been laying in wait like a sleeper agent, just ready, just ready for this. Yeah, ready to go. <laughs> Much like Versus, which I think you came up with as well, you came up with a topic that we're discussing tonight, and I sent you a list of all these like ones that have been suggested to me over the years and that I just haven't gotten around to doing yet. And one of the ones on there was movie trilogies. And you were like, well, hold on a second. That's a little intense. Why don't we do? And what are we counting down tonight? What did you come up with? What What's the best way to phrase the third movie in a series? Is it three? Is it threequel? Is that the referring to that third one? You know, it's funny you mentioned that. And I might sound like an idiot as a quote unquote cinephile, but I did not know that was a term <laughs> until you pitched this topic to me. Did I say it? I just, no, no. Threequel is a thing. Like, I didn't know that word existed, but you said, the, what about the third film, you know, in its <laughs> franchise? I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. So I started Googling what's the best third film. Yeah. And all, there's all these articles, like, the best threequels. These are the must-see threequels. And I'm like, what's a threequel? <laughs> that, that's what like this <laughs> is. I am just angling to bring you garbage, like with the verses. I just immediately was like, what's garbage I can make him talk to me about? Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is great. I mean, did you know threequel was a term or am I an idiot? I, I feel like I also saw it because I was also like, after I made my list, I had to check to make sure that I wasn't going to be really mad if you said something that I hadn't thought of, yeah, you know? So yeah. so I did my list without bias and then I Googled like, okay, am I missing anything? And okay. I saw threequel and people don't like them. I know there are a <laughs> lot of bad ones in fairness, but there's some gems too. But here, So here's my question when you were compiling the list then before we get into it and don't give away any titles up front as you probably recall but so when you were researching this Emily and you were coming up with your list did you so were you like the the third film in the franchise is the best of the franchise or were you just like these are my favorite movies that happen to be third films it was 
a combo of both. Definitely there were a few where I was like, oh, I love this movie and it happens to be the third. But also because of the nature of Tasteless, I'm firmly entrenched in the world of films that other people don't like. (laughs) And I feel like sometimes a sequel can get away with being a a very worthy successor, Terminator, Aliens, et cetera. But nobody wants the third one. They're over it by then. So I feel like I'm often in that space. And I just realized, you know what? Sometimes I'll talk myself into loving these movies because I'll watch them for whatever nefarious purpose. And so I realized there were several that I just adore. And then it was very easy for me to come up with, oh, if I'm thinking of movies that have at least three, oh, yeah, that is my favorite of all of them. So I think (laughs) mostly these are my favorite in each series. There's like one where it's where it doesn't quite beat the original, but I still love it. So it's it's I'm I'm all in on these. Well, you know, I'm looking at my list and. The reason I ask is because when I did this initially, you know, a couple of weeks ago when I was kind of coming up with a list and we decided to do it, I initially was just like, these are movies that I love that happen to be third films. Not necessarily that they're better than the original or they're the mm-hmm. best in the series or anything like that. But in looking at my top five, not counting my honorable mentions, my all five of mine are the best in the series, in my opinion, and they happen to be the third film. And I didn't do that. I'm sitting here looking at my list right now going, you know what? These are the best ones in the series. <laughs> but when I did it, you know what I'm saying? Like, that wasn't yeah. my approach when I initially made the list. It was just kind of like, what part three movie do I love? And I kind of started doing it that way. So it sounds like we had a bit of a similar approach, but... You, you're right, though. By the time you get to that third movie, people are kind of like, we're doing this again. Like, di- didn't we? <laughs> haven't we been here? Or you they know? do something completely different in a few franchises where I don't like it. And they just go, this is our third one. Let's go nuts. It's like, mm-hmm. I, 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 nobody wanted you to do that either. Well, you know, last time you came on, I think it, I want to say it was, uh, well, not last time, but a couple times ago when we did Versus, you, and I'm sorry I haven't done my homework yet, but you were throwing at the uh, monster movies with Debbie Gibson and Tiffany in them and yes. stuff like that. So hopefully you, I don't know if you have some gems like that tonight, but. I think so. I think a couple <laughs> will not be surprises, but I I just am so wholeheartedly behind all of these films. I'm not trying to be contrary in loving them. I genuinely think they're so good. I love it. I love it. Uh, tell everybody what you do at Tasteless, because I think they should check you out. Uh, it, it is a absolute hoot uh, what you do over there. You really do kind of rev people up a little bit when <laughs> you do. compare these like genre classics to, you know, Tiffany fighting Debbie Gibson. But tell them what you do also over there. Also a classic. I, you also know a classic. True. <laughs> very true. And in looking at my list, I'm now realizing I think every single one of these I've done an episode on, and I hadn't oh. put that together. I did not look at my episode list to make this, okay. but I think it just is kind of a... You know, when you're when you're looking for a topic or something, sometimes you're just going to like a top list of whatever. But <laughs> I on Tasteless, I compare two movies. I compare a movie that is critically claimed, like beloved, to a movie that shares the same themes that I love that I don't think gets enough credit. So, you know, like if you want a movie about wilderness survival, there's the revenant, or what I think you should do is watch Troop Beverly Hills. <laughs> So just just strange pairings, and it brings you to a lot of these third movies that no one wants to think about. No, it's really cool. Uh, you do a, It's a great concept, and you're a delight to listen to. So, guys, make sure you check out Tasteless if you have not done so already, uh, and give Emily some love over there. All her information will be in the show notes, and I'll have her plug it at the end, too, just to remind you. So I'll tell you what, Emily, let's do this. Let's do our top five threequels. All right, which is a word I didn't know existed prior to this episode, <laughs> but it does. What's your number five? Okay, my number five solidly 
This is the one that I can say is not my favorite of the series, but I adore it, and that is Iron Man 3. Mm, and I was okay. I was surprised to actually see it in top list because I feel like I've only ever heard it get uh, get guff. But yeah. m- and no one ever says nice things about it, but in every top list, I feel like they needed to come up with another third film, and they just put it in there. Yeah. But here's it, the thing. Pepper right, Potts. I, I love Pepper Potts. She's my favorite Marvel Cinematic what? Universe character. <laughs> okay, this I is news. I love Gwyneth Paltrow. I have a Goop right. This Smells Like My Vagina $75 candle. Of course you do, yeah. I don't care what she does. I don't care if she doesn't know what movies she's in. I love her so much. Oh, man. And I love Pepper, and she gets a suit in in the third one, and I was so excited. And I have that – I have an action figure of her in that film that looks creepy on my desk because she's, like, shirtless. You know, you've seen it, right? She has that that bra, and she's, like, on fire. Right, sure, yeah. (laughs) So I just have an action figure of Gwyneth Paltrow in a bra. Um, Very normal. Well, how many of those were made? Like 10? That's good. Uh, You know what? There are – I will say I bought the cheapest Gwyneth a Paltrow action figure I could, and there are some real scary Pepper Potts $500 action figures where I'm like, what? Who loves Pepper this much besides me? Who loves her this much and has disposable income? You know, I do I do like Gwyneth Paltrow, though. You're right, though. She gets a lot of hate, man. But she does, You know what? But I do like her. I mean, I liked her all the way back. Fond, fond memories of her in Seven with Brad Pitt. Oh. When, yeah, they were, when they were a couple or whatever. They were great. I will stand up for Shallow Hal. The yeah. only death threats I've ever gotten on my podcast was when I said, country strong is better than a star is born. <laughs> and somebody said I should, you know, I'm going to spoil I'm going to spoil a star is born. Uh, they said I should hang myself like Bradley Cooper. <laughs> wow. That seems that seems dark. And Don't I do was that. like, now I've made it. Yeah. But I stand by Gwyneth this much. I'm glad she's the reason I'm getting a death, a <laughs> death DM. But so. you're <laughs> – God, good Lord. What happened? <laughs> she stood up for Gwyneth Paltrow. It was, it was <laughs> a crazy time in her life. It's dangerous. Uh, yeah, Iron Man 3, I did see – it didn't make my list, but I did see it on several online like you're mentioning. And I, I too, share the sentiment where I was like, really? Like I don't feel like people like this. Nobody talked about <laughs> but, it. One is a classic. Love one. Yes, I adore it. It's yes. my, one of my – it's maybe my favorite in the entire series. But two, And two people like the villain three. Nobody talks about three. And I just – <sighs> I'm here to support it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, you know, I, I love it too. So good pick. I did see it on some other lists and I kind of thought about it, but it didn't end up cracking my top five or 10, but good pick. So my number five is a freaking classic. Not only is it a classic, it's a holiday classic. It's National Ooh. Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I am so embarrassed that I've never seen it. You haven't seen it. Oh my God. Um, well, obviously, you know of it. The Griswolds. Oh, yeah. Chevy Chase, the whole thing, right? Yeah. Is this the one where Jane Krakowski is the child? <laughs> no, this one is. Um, oh, God. If you hadn't said it, I could have told you. Uh, <laughs> uh, what? Um, don't tell me. I can edit. I can edit out me thinking. Juliette Lewis. Juliette Lewis uh, is yes. the daughter in this. I need to know what famous child is in it to, yeah, to picture it's, it. Yeah, uh, it's Juliette Lewis and Johnny Galecki is the son from he was on Roseanne and Big Bang Theory and all that. Isn't that Johnny Galecki? Yes. That feels right. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think those are the children, though. <laughs> but, yeah. this. I mean, it's just – it's the Griswolds. Did you see any of the vacations, like European or the first one? I have not. I don't oh, okay, believe right. in Chevy Chase. Okay. Well, that's fair. 
Um, but no, th- this movie, you know, I can just the, the fond memories and the nostalgia of it too. Like just growing up watching it with my with my dad and him making us watch it every year at Christmas time, <laughs> and like okay, like we've watched this again, and now it's like I find myself doing that to my kids <laughs> with this That's- and a couple other holiday movies. I love that. That's so interesting that you've now gravitated towards it because I refuse to watch A Christmas Story because my dad would make us watch it every year and it made me so mad. I know, so isn't now that funny? you come around yeah. on it. Yeah, isn't that funny though? But I, I kind of was like that for a long time and then I'm my daughter's 20, almost 21 now. And I remember when she was little, I kind of started like, oh, you should see this. You know, my dad and my family, we watch this all the time. And then I guess seeing her like it, now my nine-year-old has seen it and, and so on. So I feel like it's going to be a staple in this household around the holiday season every year. But I'm not going to get into a lot of the, you know, running gags that happen in the movie or in the Griswold family because you haven't seen it. So you need to, you need to check it out, though. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll do a holiday thing for, for Tasteless or someone. I need to. Yeah, you can do uh, like if you're into, you know, being trapped with your family, the holidays, <laughs> Christmas vacation. And then I don't know, you could find something out there, I'm sure. Do you start with Christmas vacation or should I start earlier? It doesn't matter. Okay. The, the, the movies are not. I mean, this is the third in the National Lampoon's vacation series, but it doesn't matter. It's just this family. It's just like really dorky dad uh, who's kind of married to this hot chick. It's uh, Beverly D'Angelo. I'm sure you know her. Oh, yeah. Um. And he just kind of fumbles his way through life. He has these kids, like he's trying to get by. So it's a pretty basic, like, kind of family comedy. And the first one is just them going on vacation across the country. The second one is them going to Europe. And then the third one is kind of a staycation where they have his wife and his family members over for Christmas. And they end up staying like a week. So he hates his life because he has to host his in-laws for a week. Um, So that, I mean, it's a really simple premise, but there's a lot of great running gags that are like just hugely popular, like in pop culture, like Randy Quaid plays uh, his cousin in the movie who shows up in his camper and like parks in his garage or in his driveway (laughs) for the holiday season. So it's uh, it's a cherished classic in my household. So Christmas Vacation had to make my list. I just put it in my top five when I was talking to you before we started recording. Oh, that was the okay. that, That was the one you were like, that's got to go there. Yeah, I switched it with my six. I switched six and five, and I had to put it in my top five so I could talk a little bit about it. I love it. It's a holiday movie, but you know it's one of my favorites, and it happens to be the third in the Vacation franchise. So there you go. I and love ho- that. I love any movie you get to see it. <laughs> I just love when there are tradition movies. I feel like that's always so nice. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we're back over to you. What do you got at four? At four, I have Blade Trinity, <laughs> which okay. has, look, Parker Posey as a villain is always a good time. True. She is so, I mean, ha- have you seen it? Probably. Yeah, I've seen it. It's, just yeah. been, it's been a while. I barely <laughs> remember it, but I have seen it. No one likes it. For real, this time it's not on any lists. Everybody was embarrassed to be part of it. Uh, Wesley Snipes pretended to be Blade the entire time, wouldn't respond to his name, was a nightmare to work with. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is doing uh. exactly what Ryan Reynolds always does. Jessica Biel has archery skills. It is the craziest, like, three musketeers. Like, Blade is barely part of it. He's there, but he didn't want to be there. And so there's weird CGI where they have to make his mouth say something because Wesley Snipes wouldn't do it. Oh, my God. Which I love. I think if a movie goes off the rails, you want it to go off the rails so hard that it's a good time. If it's just kind of bad, what are we doing here? But some wrestler like Triple H or somebody plays this, plays Parker Posey's henchman and there's a little dog. It just, it's all so cheesy in a way that if Marvel had put this out two years ago, it would have 
uh-huh, like people, no, people would have been like, oh, this is funny in the way that they think like Thor is funny. Like yeah. if Taika Waititi had put out this exact same movie, people would be like, oh, yeah, look, Ryan Reynolds, this is fun. But it came out when superhero movies were darker kind of and people were like, no, what are you doing? I gotcha, I gotcha. So, yeah, it was the wrong time, wrong place kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. And I think also everyone in the movie would say we didn't want to be there and we hate it. I feel like Patton Oswalt is in it. It's very oh, Natasha. <laughs> I had forgotten that. I'd forgotten that. Oswald was in this. That's right. It's all so strange. And that's my favorite kind of of movie is when you're just like, what? What? Blade Trinity. But you're laughing. Wow. You're bringing the heat over there, Blade Trinity. Oh, yeah. Uh, Look, you already kind of segued for my number three, or I'm sorry, my number four, which is Thor Ragnarok. Oh. So Taika Waititi doing his thing, man. You know, I... I don't know. Are you a fan of the Thor films in general? Or? I am. I loved I loved Ragnarok a lot. Me too. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, he, he brought in this fresh kind of like vibrant take on this Thor character who, frankly, you know, it, it was funny because and I feel like I shared this like in a meme when this movie came out like five years ago, whenever it was. <laughs> but this is but this is the sentiment. Maybe I just am imagining that I did that or I saw somebody else do that. But. I literally didn't like Thor as a character, like, at all. Like, he was my least favorite Avenger. Like, I like Hemsworth okay as an actor, but, like, I just didn't like that character. I thought it didn't fit with the other Avengers and, like, I don't know, it was kind of cheesy and stupid and, like, whatever. When Ragnarok came out, I immediately, like, 180. Like, flipped a switch. Like, I'm like, I went from hating Thor to, like, I love this guy. (laughs) I don't know what happened. And then, like, even in the iteration since Ragnarok, like, you know, there's comic relief in there and we got fat Thor in in the in one installment which was freaking hilarious uh just kind of depressed and drinking all the time you know um yeah. I don't know just something changed with that character with this movie and I think it was just such a fresh kind of reinvention of this really serious like godlike character that we had gotten prior to that and I thought it was a really fresh take and I really enjoyed it going forward from that point on and I think you know some people like kind of like take or leave Taika Waititi but I really like his style of filmmaking and the colors in this movie and kind of like the buddy cop vibe that we get between him and Hulk in the movie and uh, I don't know I just really like this film it's one of my favorite films actually in the MCU it'd probably be in my top five MCU films period across the whole board so you're uh, right I didn't think of it as a third because it doesn't have three in it but right right that I had forgotten because I think two was so bad that we all kind of forgot what happened in one. And you're right that he was kind of boring before that. Like, I think this made him interesting. I think probably because the MCU, they started having all their characters be so wacko that they're like, all right, Thor can do whatever he wants at this point. What do right. we it's, I, th- I think of like when sitcoms used to have, they couldn't have two blondes or two brunettes and one of the women would have to dye their hair. <laughs> right. And I think at the beginning of the Avengers, they were really worried about making them all different. And then they're kind of like, right. no, they're all basically just Tony Stark, only less smart. They all have the exact same sense of humor. So go for it. <laughs> Right, yeah. Uh, Killer, so there we go. we got a little superhero on both lists so far. Um, So, yeah, well, actually, you've got all superhero technically over there. I get, well, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure, yeah. We'll call it superhero. Yeah, he gets comic, (laughs) book, I don't, you sure, yeah. He might even be Marvel. I don't, I think. Yes, yes. Uh, Okay, so we're up to you for your three. Emily, what do you got? Three, I'm realizing I'm really upset for Parker Posey that she's in this position. I do have to go scream three. Oh, it's a good one. And you're on a run with Parker Posey. I, I am now feeling bad for her that she's in too many threes. 
but do not be upset about Scream Three. It's in my honorable mentions. People hate oh, on it. I freaking love it, and I love it. And a lot of the reason is for Parker Posey. If I'm being honest, yes, I when it's done well, I love the kind of meta thing, especially in horror. I think when horror melds with comedy, that can that's my favorite genre when they do it correctly, and it's very rarely done correctly. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I think Parker Posey somehow always knows what to bring to whatever movie she's in. And I just remember, I mean, the fact that Carrie Fisher is in that movie basically mm-hmm. joking about being Leia, like she's playing a casting <laughs> assistant, but she right. makes a few little references. It's just fun to That's watch great. if you already know and love Scream, which I do, and Scream 1 and 2 were both so such solid, solid, solid movies. 3 was kind of like a nice little break. Like, we're all here. We love all these characters. Let's have some fun. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. I love this movie so much. It's in my honorable mentions. I, you know, I don't think it's the best in the franchise. I think the original is like far and away, like uh, stands on its own as one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. But like you said, this is a very interesting, like quirky kind of like one off in the series where it's it is a horror comedy, whereas the other ones were like horror movies that had like comic relief. Yes. But I don't think they would be categorized as like horror comedies. I feel like Scream 3, you could very easily just flat out say this is a horror comedy because it's equal parts funny and it has the horror elements in it too with Ghostface and everything else. So, yeah. I, and that, by the way, that scene you mentioned specifically with Carrie Fisher. Uh, made my top five cameos, movie cameos of all time. It's I really, so I loved it. good. I I feel like that movie, if you looked at it and it's parts on paper, you'd be like, yeah, this is a great movie. And then for some reason, when people watch it, they're like, oh, God, Courtney Cox's bangs, Parker Posey's green jacket. We can't <laughs> so do good, this. Though. And but they just so shut down. Yeah, it is so good, man. Uh, also, a really good reveal in the last act in that scream, too, uh, when you're talking about the reveals yes. throughout the series. I really, really enjoyed what they did there. Well, when you go back and watch, it's basically a Weinstein thing. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it, it's strangely prescient, and I want again. I think timing didn't work out. If that had come out, if that had been kind of the thing of Scream Five or whatever, I think it would have people would have really liked it. Uh, yeah, because you're right. When you look at Scream Three in particular, because you know we love it and we we look back on it adoringly as we're sitting here talking, but <laughs> in real time, like hardcore Scream fans, not all of them, of course, but they had seen the original, they had seen Scream Two. Like I said, they may have had comedy in them. Like Stu was freaking hilarious in the first one, Matthew Lillard. Yeah. But I mean, you know, but. It was just so different. So I feel like it was easy for the fan base to like hate it because it wasn't what they had grown to love at its core. But then when it ages, you know, this movie is great. And I kind of think that's what you're saying is that it just ages so well. Like, you know, I just think so fondly of it now. It was like so great. And I think it's why people were kind of cool with Scream 5 being so like jokey is that there's enough distance now that it's not ruining this legacy. It's just like, oh, here's a new version. Here's a new entry. Here's here's an extra piece. And Scream 3 was just people are like, how do you top Laurie Metcalf? and scream too you know you you can't if that's what you're looking for i agree i agree and i'm so glad you put it in your top five it just missed mine as some honorable mentions but i love screen three so that is your number three hey that's our three on our threequels we're up to, right. we, did, we didn't mention that we're up to our threes our threequels <laughs> i feel like that should be a thing okay uh my number three is a, a, probably the only film in my collective 10 that would be considered like a masterpiece Ooh. by like the majority of the movie world. I don't know how you feel about these films, but it's uh, 2003's The Return of the King, Lord of the Rings. Are you into yeah. these films? Yes, I toyed with it. I 
I love the Fellowship and the Shire so much that I was always so pro the first one and okay. so excited. And then I'd get to two and three and be like, these are fine too, but let's go back to those little round doors. Oh, so I, I couldn't, you. I couldn't in good conscience put it on there, but I would never deny that it that it deserves its spot. You know, Oscar winner. Uh, this, you know, I talked about this recently because it also made my list for three hour plus movies, which I typically <laughs> hate. Oh. I can't hate when movie. I hate when movies go over like two and a half hours max. Yeah, it just like pisses me off before I even sit down. <laughs> yeah. but the Lord of the Rings movies are the exception. They're all great. I just saw them for the first time within the last couple years. Actually, I didn't wow. see these when they came out initially. Yeah, uh, I did a watch over on my Patreon with our buddy Caleb, and uh, he introduced me to them. And you know, this is just a masterpiece of cinema. I mean. It's just such an epic thing on all levels, whether you're talking about cinematography, acting, uh, obviously the special effects. You know, Peter Jackson just did something really intense here. And like back when this came out, you know, we were talking about this on our three hour plus movies is that uh, this was like collectively across the board. Like, yes, this is the best picture. Like, don't even like you can give nominations to other movies. That's fine. But like, there's like no question. Like, in other words, there was like nobody in Hollywood going Lord of the Rings got nominated. Everybody's going, yeah, that's the best movie. I mean, let's let's be honest. So and it was just a culmination, too, of that trilogy, you know, and it was kind of tying everything together. And it was a beautiful send off for the characters. Uh, it was a pretty emotional movie, especially in the last act. Um, so, yeah, I love the series as a whole, but this movie, I feel like, is like the masterpiece of the three films. Like, it just, everything in this three-hour uh, production is just so beautifully done, I feel like. And I feel like it uh, should be studied by other filmmakers that are doing action films and fantasy films. I just can't believe they went that that all those movies were masterpiece. The fact that people will watch them all together, will watch extra long cuts of them all together. My dad is trying to come over and watch all of them at my house because I have the good TV, and I'm like, oh, yeah. God, that's like it's like nine hours, ten hours, eleven hours. I don't know, but I might have to do it. I did just buy the the set on 4K to to prep Ooh, for that. But nice. to go from that to the Hobbit is just so bizarre to me. I just See, I can't never did the Hobbit it. films. I never did the Hobbit films. Don't so. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you probably know this because you and I were supposed to do Friday the 13th last year and it fell through because I went on hiatus and disappeared <laughs> from the earth. Um, but we'll do that at some point. But over on Patreon, I do this thing called My First Time where I watch a series that I've never seen before. And a couple years ago, Caleb introduced me to these films. And I'm so glad he did because, I mean, I love them and I bought them. And, you know, I don't have the 4Ks, though. I need to do that. I need to get those. You got to make that upgrade. I will say yeah. there's so many gorgeous sets of them, but they come with also the Hobbit movie. I'm like, I'm not paying for that. I'm not doing it. So I just bought regular like discs like a fool. Yeah, do that. Yeah, I mean, you're fine. You're <laughs> fine. Uh, they'll work for the collection. All right. So let's see. You had Iron Man 3, Blade Trinity, Scream 3, which I freaking love. What do you got for your runner up? Runner up. This was I had a tough time between these two, uh, but, but I had to put this second and not first because I would say I can't put it above the others. I will say they were they are all the same. Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines. Oh wow! Okay, I love. I love. I don't know why. I forget if I like saw it at a certain time in my life. I don't know, but I've seen this one more than any of the others. I have watched the full commentary. Uh, the first guest on my Strong Female Leads podcast that is has been on a year long hiatus is. Um, was Kristana Loken, who plays the TX, mm -hmm. and which has given me even more of a soft spot for this movie. And I just love it. It's cheesy. Like, one and two are very – I love Genesis as well, but not as much. I like the cheesier okay. – um, 
Terminator. I like Arnold doing comedy. Yeah. Like, That's good. And I just remember during the during the commentary, he's talking about, you know, the, there's a scene where the TX lands and she's like growing her boobs and she's getting like a convertible. <laughs> and Arnold is just talking about the commentary like, yes, I said we need her to have big boobs and that would be good. It was just crazy. <laughs> I bet that's hilarious. He's just nonchalantly like. It's just so chill about it. Like, yes, that's what we wanted for the film. So we made sure. And I was like, what? It's so weird. It's a different John Connor. There's another lady. It's all weird, but I love the technology of it. I love the Lady Terminator, who very clearly she studied the moves of Robert Patrick. Yeah. And and Robert Patrick is very much his own thing. And I think this was a really worthy addition to the series. Mm-hmm. Um, as I Hated Salvation, didn't love Dark Fate, although I loved Linda Hamilton coming back. But, but I think those first three complement each other really well. Much in the vein of Screams, the first two are just phenomenal, unbeatable, top of their genre and the third is kind of like let's all take a breath regroup right here's some more cool like bullet stuff and melting and technology yeah Yeah, no doubt i mean i i haven't seen that movie in far too long but i agree with you that it was it was different than the first two (laughs) and uh it was a detachment but you know i remember liking it i mean i wasn't one of the haters i mean i you know i think it's a good flick especially if you're watching you if you're going through the series and you're kind of watching and following the characters and the plot lines and and stuff like that. So, and I love to hear that you have the personal connection to it too, having her on your show. So that's really cool. Oh, I am so grateful to her forever and ever. So I am an even bigger advocate of the film. I now I have the action figure of her. She is clothed. Okay. Um, All right. All right. Well. So that okay. balances out the Gwyneth on my yeah, show. Yeah, that's fine. Put them next to each other, and we got a nice balance. That's cool. <laughs> All right. So Rise of the Machines for you, number two. That's your runner-up. My runner-up is Toy Story 3. Oh, I was wondering what could be Return. I love this movie, and it is the best in the Toy Story franchise. It's also the best Pixar film, in my opinion. Uh, number one in the entire Pixar universe. But yeah, I mean, the, the movie is was supposed to be the end of the trilogy, all right? Yeah. They had to, of course, make money, sell toys, do whatever, McDonald's, Happy Meals, the oh, whole thing. Oh, sporky. So we got Toy Story 4, which actually I liked. I didn't dislike it. I, I went into Toy Story 4 wanting to hate it because I'm like, <laughs> why are you ruining this perfect trilogy? But I actually liked it. I took my kids. We enjoyed it. But at the time, Toy Story 3 was the end of the story, kind of. And Pixar put on full display what they're what they're able to do with with families and kids and and in my case adults where they can just like pull the tears out of you and pull the emotion out of you and just make you feel all the things from your childhood. And this movie did it in spades because there's the scene with all the main characters in the Inferno. You know what I'm talking oh, about? In I, the, oh, I cried very hard yeah. in a theater like with my friends. Yeah. In what would this have been? High school? I cried in front of all my friends. Yeah, no doubt I would have too. <laughs> I would have cried in, all your, in front of all your friends as well. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But yeah, they're all holding hands. They think they're going to their certain death, you know, and they're just like looking at each other. They just want to go out together and, and, and as a unit. They, of course, get rescued, saved and everything. And then you think you're good. And then we f- we have to deal with it again later when Andy is saying goodbye to the toys that he's been with through the whole franchise. He leaves them with Bonnie and Woody's watching him drive away, presumably, you know, forever. Uh, it's just really, really, really emotional, especially in the last like 30, 40 minutes of the movie. But it just tied everything together so well. And I can remember being 
upset when I heard they were doing Toy Story 4 because I'm like, yeah. what? Like, you ended that perfectly. Uh, but these characters are timeless, you know, that were, yeah. were birthed in the Toy Story films. I, I, I mean, I don't see, like, history. Like, I don't think history, movie history is going to get tired of these characters, like Buzz and Woody specifically, but a lot of the other characters in there, too. Like, I feel like they're going to be timeless. Like, they're never going to age in that way, similar to, like, you know, Looney Tunes and... You, you, you get what I'm saying? Like, they're yeah. just animated characters that'll live forever. So, if you put them in something, people are going to buy it. People are going to watch it. So, yeah. Toy Story 3 is my favorite Pixar film, period. And it's my favorite Toy Story film. So, it's my runner-up. I'm trying to think if that was when it first they started getting really dark. Like, I feel like Pixar movies started being like, we can make you cry. Get, guess what? We're here yeah. to make you cry. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, they do. They do. You know, and it's it's really fascinating, too, if you really think about it. And I think a lot of it has to do with the writing, of course, and the storyboarding of these films. But it's really fascinating when you can, you know, take a seven or eight-year-old kid and they enjoy it on, the, on some level, but then the parents are enjoying it on a level that's almost like gut-wrenching because yeah. they're, you know what I mean? Like they're like looking at layer. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's almost like two different movies depending on what eyes you're seeing it through, you know? Well, and yeah. it benefits from, I was, I was reading about how now all these movies with all these star voices, they're casting actors just because they're names but not because they're voice talent. And you think about it and there is such a big difference. And the stars of Toy Story were mostly voice actors. And then, you know, Tom Hanks and Tim Allen who are excellent voice actors in their own right and and mm-hmm. they perform these roles it's not just a phoned in celebrity cameo in whatever new like weird cartoon about singing pigs comes out right it's so fully realized in a way that i think i don't know if it's budget or what just other studios are not matching that and it doesn't yeah. matter that it's a cartoon it's just so incredibly acted yeah i agree i agree and that you know I mean, they're synonymous with these roles now too. I mean, look at look at all the fallout from Lightyear when Ooh. when Captain America did that, or uh, what's his name, uh, Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. Nobody wanted that. No. I haven't seen it, but I don't need to. I mean, I watched it last week. It actually came on Disney Plus. I don't know if you know, and I oh. uh, watched it with my son. I mean, it was okay. You know, I, I mean, it wasn't like a bad movie, but I just remember, and my, even my wife was like, "What? Why is Captain America doing this? Where's Buzz?" <laughs> I'm like, "This is Buzz," but it's like. Before the Buzz toy existed, you know, this, you know, and she's like, well, don't they base (laughs) toys on people's voices? Like, you know, it's like, but so in other words, Buzz in the Toy Story film should have sounded like Chris Evans. Well, and it should, I mean, the benefit of having a cartoon is that it doesn't matter if the actor is old. He right. can still do it. He could have done it. That's, I mean, that was the epitome of stunt casting without any care for was it a good fit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a good movie, but yeah, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. I, they tried to explain themselves, and I was like, I don't know. They kind of missed the mark here. <laughs> they, try, they tried to justify it. Uh, I think you could have had Tim Allen. You'd have been fine, you know? <laughs> but anyway, uh, Toy Story 3, a freaking all-time classic, in my opinion. One of the best animated films ever. I said it. There it is. It's uh, so my runner-up for three equals, my number two, and uh, we're up to our number ones. Emily, what do you got? Uh, first, I need to say, based on your list, I have no idea where we're going for your number one, and I'm very excited. Mm, okay. I'm very intrigued. Uh, yeah. my, <laughs> it, this was a tough one. I chose this one because I think it is the best of the series by a mile and the best mm. use of the idea, and that is the Purge 3 election year. Okay. 
which I saw on a whim, and I had seen the first one, and the first one does not make use of that. Did you see any of them? Yeah, I've seen all except the most recent one. What was it called? Um, oh, God, I it saw it. It was, it was like a Western or something. If they were like trying to cross the border to Canada and then to Mexico. I don't know. I saw yeah, it. I haven't it was... seen that one. I've seen all the other ones kind of like on HBO throughout the years, but I've, I'm not like a huge, huge fan of the series, but I've, I watched all of them and, and I kind of enjoyed them. But I'm trying to remind me what the, the, the election year. I'm trying to think of this one. To remind so me. election year is the one that has Elizabeth Mitchell, the blonde, and she has dark black glasses and she is running. She's a senator, basically a Hillary Clinton who is running for president mm-hmm. against the rich, white, like, evangelist, current president, and one of the rules of the purge is that you cannot go after elected officials. So right before the purge starts, the current ruling body changes that so that they can put out a hit on Elizabeth Mitchell during the purge and try to kill her because she's been rallying support for no more purge. Because in this universe, the purge basically, as it would, offs a lot of homeless people, a lot of minorities, a lot of people, basically the non-wealthy. And so all these rich white people love it because they're like, good, clean up all the people that would vote Democrat are dead in the streets. Right. Which sounds heavy handed. And what was crazy was they had a a like not make America great again, but a similar slogan that then Donald Trump used a few months later. Oh, God. Well, so I was going to say, hearing, hearing you describe this, I'm like having flashbacks to <laughs> freaking uh, 2016, you know? And yeah. And I feel like this came out around then. It was just, and it hadn't been made that way intentionally because, you know, they had filmed it earlier, but it came out in 2016. Mm-hmm. And it was just, number one, I mean, I think that the, the politics of it, wow heavy-handed were really interesting and an accurate look of what the purge would result in. Yeah. But the first movie, it's like the idea is you can do anything you want and the first movie is just a home invasion movie. It's the worst use of the idea possible. But the third one, she's out on the street, some guy is trying to protect her, they run into other people and there were just multiple moments in it that were bone-chilling weirdly. Like I just remember so vividly being so scared and upset when these young girls were harassing a convenience store owner and trying to steal candy and he wouldn't let them and they said we'll be back and then that night they came back playing Miley Cyrus's party in the USA mm-hmm. and got out of the car with covered in blood with masks on and guns and the guy's like where are your parents? They're like we killed them and now we're going to kill you and I was like oh my god. <laughs> There's just something about it that I was like this could happen. Yeah. I don't know I, I was not a horror fan for a long time. I think we've talked about that that it mm-hmm. took me a while and this movie got me. I don't know what it was, but it scared me so much. That's intense. Yeah, I remember this one vaguely. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy I enjoy these films when I see them. The problem with, with stuff like that, though, is that it's too real now. Because, oh, like, yeah. even even things like SNL skits, I'm like, is this real? Am I, is this, like, a joke? <laughs> what you is know, how can this be real life? Like, how do people really believe this kind of shit, you know? That was a little bit of a turning point because I then went and saw the fourth one in theater really excited. And there was a man in it who had seen stab people with needles and something about that made me really really scared and upset that that could happen to me where i was like maybe i shouldn't be watching these movies right i don't know so it's it's based on this stupid conceit that everyone would agree to the purge but something about it feels like it's going to happen to me more than i'm going to be attacked by like a ghost or whatever yeah no i get that (laughs) 
it's, it's, too, it's so real. Wow, election year—the purge. I didn't see that coming because you you got two you got two horror movies on your list there. I know I did. Top five. It wow. really is interesting. I feel like because that's a genre where they're like, we don't have to keep following the same thing. We can just do something totally different, a la Halloween. You know, where they're like, good luck, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, let's stay with horror. You want to? I mean, <gasps> no one's okay. gonna be surprised by my my uh, horror being oh, number, number one. But what dream dream warriors, Nightmare on Elm <sighs> Street three. Which is the best in the franchise? I said it. Uh, even better than the original. Look, look, Dream Warriors. Everyone knows if you listen to the show regularly. If you listen in October, it's probably on four out of five lists I do in October. <laughs> uh, this is one of my favorite horror movies. It would probably be my top ten horror movies of all time, regardless of one, two, or three. And I mean, Freddy Krueger was. It came along at a time in the eighties. Robert England playing that character, and I've mentioned this on the show before. He was different because he was a slasher that had personality. Mm. You know, he was literally like a stand-up comic. Uh, I mean, he was like one-liners and just so quippy. He always had something to say before he killed you. Whereas, you know, the other popular guys like you know Jason, for you know uh, Michael Leatherface, like they're not talking. You know, they're just literally stalking you with an axe or whatever it is. But not Freddie. Freddie wants to like get to know you. He wants kind of like you know make you feel like shit before he kills you. You know what I mean? Like kind of like talking crap about you. You know, and and then you fall asleep and in your nightmares he takes you out. And it's also you know, Wes Craven, it just created such an ingenious idea where, you know, everybody's kind of scared of nightmares. Like, you know, you fall asleep and, you you know, that constant thing in that you hear in, in your psyche is like, I wonder if what happens in my dream could ever really happen. You know, you, you remember hearing about like if you fall off a building oh. uh, in your dream and you hit the ground before you wake up, you'll die. Or I remember hearing that when I was yeah. growing up and I don't know where, but probably an old wives tale of some kind. But you know, things things like that, you know, but Freddy was just so different, man, and it was just such a fun slasher, you know, and it still had the gore and it still had the great inventive kills, particularly in this movie. Have you seen Dream Warriors? No, you know what? Oh. I actually started working my way through Friday, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, but I have only seen number one of Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, all right, okay. So I, I don't want to give away any of the kills. There's some really the best kills in the franchise, like the top three kills in the franchise, and the entire franchise happened in this movie, in my opinion. Okay, I, I need to watch it, it. I'm I'm intrigued. I was against him for a long time because his face was gross, and obviously yeah, I'm sure. against him as like a bad man. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Sure. But now I'm, you've got me a little intrigued to see what, what else he's got going on. And Dream Warriors is great, too, because, uh, you know, he- uh, Heather Langenkamp is back, Nancy. Um, oh, yeah. Like his, his adversary, his foe, the, one of the greatest final girls in final girl history. And she's she wasn't in the sequel, but she's back for this one. And not only is she back, but she kind of rallies all these other teenagers that he's terrorizing in their dreams. And she's kind of like their leader, so to speak. And she's like, we can beat Freddy. You know, we can, if he wants to fuck with us when we're dreaming, then we'll just give it right back to him. And that's where the term Dream Warriors comes from. Dokken, the 80s rock group, did a freaking <laughs> awesome rock song to this for the theme. Dream Warriors. <gasps> oh, my uh, God. When a movie has a theme. Yeah, yeah. You got to see it. You know what? Robert England, much like a good voice actor, it ta- him, like Doug Jones, it takes something to be so emotive and like critical under that much latex and garbage. 
<laughs> yeah, I agree. What did you think of the original uh, Nightmare? I didn't love it. Really? I, I was not. I was. I forget why. I just remember being like, this is a little tense. But I also, I didn't love um, the first Friday the 13th. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I tend to get into things on the back half. I love the, like, in Child's Play, like, Bride of Chucky, you know. So oh, I feel yeah. like I need to get deep enough into these series to you, get to the ones yeah, that that's are what's gonna garbage. Happen for you. That's what's going to happen for you. In fact, the sequel... Uh, Nightmare on Old Street 2, uh, I love it, but it's often often considered like the worst in the franchise. And I, I use that term very, very loosely because I think it's great. But, you know, if people are ranking the franchise, 2 is not often ranked very highly. So I think if you keep going just a little bit further, you might be, you might like it. <laughs> is that um, where it's like super gay maybe? Yes. Okay. Yes, I yes. was intrigued by that. I was like, oh, campy? I'm in. Yeah. And they actually did a um, documentary last year called uh, Scream Queens, I think it's called. Oh. I think, or Scream Queen maybe. And it's um, about the making of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and how it was gay. And they're trying to figure out if it was purposely gay or if it was just like, you know, <laughs> inadvertently right. gay. Or like, so, it, But it was a really good documentary. It's actually on Shudder right now, too. Oh, um, that is a hot tip. Okay, I need to watch both because I, I am intrigued. I just feel like I, I hear about it in the ether. I'm trying to buff up my, my horror knowledge always. And what will happen for you in Friday the 13th, too, is as the series goes along, knowing your sensibilities, you will like it more because, like, you know, eventually we get, like, Jason goes to Manhattan, but then you think that's crazy. But then, like, we get Jason goes to space and Jason X. Uh, I'm which excited is, for space. Yeah, which is one of my favorites, too. <laughs> so uh, I think you'll dig it. But yeah, Dream Warriors, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is my number one. Uh, I don't think anybody that knows me personally is probably surprised. They're probably like, heard that and they're probably like, oh, yeah, okay. All right, all right, of course. Oh, that's why you saw tri- third movie in a series and you were like, okay, I'm in. I got it. No question. It was the <laughs> first one I put on my list, like immediately, because uh, it's one of my all-time favorite movies, period. So there we go. i tell you what, Emily, let's take a quick break. When we come back, though, we will wrap up our top fives and just remind everybody what we had. And then we will give some honorable mentions, but we'll also shout out the fans online. They had some things to say over there uh, for their favorite third films and series. So we'll talk about that, too. So sit tight, guys. We will be right back. Hello, listeners. Did you know that there is a lot more content where this episode came from? As you may know, we are an independent podcast and we rely on donations in order to keep going. Over on our Patreon site, you will find several ways to stretch your dollar. I am currently producing six exclusive series that you can only get there. They include popular ones such as My First Time and 100 G-Tunes. You'll also get regular main top five episodes, just like this one, super early, often weeks in advance. For as little as $1, you can help the show continue. Just visit us over at patreon.com slash two peas on a pod, or you can check the show notes for this very episode. Now let's get back to the countdown. Welcome back, guys. As I said, pre-break, Emily is here from Tasteless, uh, one of my favorite people out there in the world of podcasting. And we graciously, she joined me and we discussed our top five threequels, which are the third films in franchises. Emily, just remind everybody what your top five was again. I got Iron Man 3, Blade Trinity, Scream 3, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, and The Purge 3, Election Year. I got to tell you, that is a surprising list. (laughs) I would have never uh, picked really any of those for you. To be all on together, it's it's quite the swath of, uh, of good strangeness. List, yeah, it's a good list. We didn't have any crossover either. My number five was 
Christmas Vacation. My number four was Thor Ragnarok. Number three was Return of the King, Lord of the Rings. My number two was Toy Story 3. And my number one was A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. So there we go. A little horror representation on both lists, some superhero rep- representation on both lists. So we had a couple nice lists there. Now, we're going to shout out the fans online here in a second. They had a lot of feedback for this particular topic, Emily. But before we do that, I have five honorable mentions to round up my top ten. What about you? What 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 movies almost made the cut but didn't quite make your top five? So close to putting Batman forever. Yeah, so sure. So close. Sure, yeah. Classic. It's hard, though. You look at those Batman movies, you're like, what are, is it technically? The, I mean, it's the third. Yeah. It's like a different director. What's It's like people, I was seeing people call like the third James Bond. I'm like, I don't know. I don't think of them as, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, it is, it is strange, yeah, because <laughs> you do think of the Burton films as a little bit different, but yeah. Yeah, but Nicole Kidman, uh, Jim Carrey, I'm behind it. I support it. Um but didn't quite make it. That was my, like, that was this one where I was like, do I swap this in for one? I didn't. Um, and and I had to quickly add Thor Ragnarok and Return of the King to my list, my nice. honorable mentions, because nice. I was embarrassed not no, to have don't them. Be. You're fine. They're both very solid. Ocean's 13. Yeah, it's good. Solid. I feel like I. I mean, all those movies are the same, but I dig it. I mean, I yeah, love it. Yeah, and then I, this one, the internet claimed was a was a threequel. You can tell me if you agree. Logan. Yes, um, it's on my honorables as well. Okay, because yep. because that look, not my thing on paper at all. You cannot deny it is excellent filmmaking and such a great twist on the on the genre. Yeah, I agree. Uh, James Mangold. Uh, yeah, that's coming up my honorables too, but. That's technically a third, and I almost put it in my five, but because uh, it was it was like Wolverine's uh, yeah. trilogy, uh, Hugh Jackman's trilogy, so it was separate from the other film, so it counts. <laughs> so let's see, my I'll just run through mine again real quick and uh, round up my top ten here. Let me get back to it. Sorry. So my number six would have been Army of Darkness from the oh. Evil Dead franchise. You were talking horror comedies. It's one of the best of all time, in my opinion. Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and then you have this just fucking crazy, like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Army of Darkness, Bruce Campbell doing his thing, Sam Raimi. So, yeah. My number seven would have been Logan, you just mentioned. My number eight would have been Back to the Future Part 3. Let's Ooh. do it. Yeah, let's do it. Out in the Wild West. Are you a fan of the Back to the Future films? I've only seen the first one. Oh, okay. Well, that's the best. I mean, at least you've seen that. <laughs> Yeah, I remember going on the ride and getting very, very scared. Mm, wow, okay. <laughs> uh, number nine you mentioned was Scream 3. And my number 10 would be Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, what's he saving in that? That's the one where he's on the subway train with uh, Sam Jackson. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it's good times. His Sam Jackson's like just going to work one day and he's like on a payphone and <laughs> he ends up being his like sidekick throughout the whole movie. He has a tough time. Yeah, John McClane's got a tough life, man, I tell you. <laughs> and he's always in that like white tank top, you know? He needs to wear a different shirt, and then these things won't happen to him. (laughs) Yeah, dress a little nicer, buddy, and you'll be fine. (laughs) I'm kidding. That's not how the world works. All right. So, yeah, there you go. That's my That rounds up my top ten. Now, Emily, uh, we go every week we go over on social media. We see what the fans had to say. So we're going to shout some of those peeps out over there. Like I said, they did have quite a few uh, comments. So we'll run through some of these. I'll try to pick ones that we have not mentioned yet. Uh, But I also like to make sure I shout out the patrons. So I'm going to start with Jared. Patron and friend of the show. He says Friday the 13th, part three. Have you gotten up to that one yet? Yes. I think I just watched Jason Goes to Hell. But honestly, I've watched each one in a double feature, and they all feel like the exact same movie, except one, Corey (laughs) Feldman was bald. 
<laughs> oh, there you go. Well, that's how you can find out what, what Feldman's in this movie. Uh, he also got Dream Warriors. That's my man, Jared. He says, uh, he also says Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Talk about one-offs. Ooh. I love that movie. But yes, it is not in any way associated with any of the other Halloween films. <laughs> but yes, it is technically a third film in the franchise. He also says Alien 3. Interesting. I think that's the David Fincher one. And then uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade would also round out his list. Michelle, patron and friend of the show, says Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. What do you think about the Harry Potter films? You know those? I don't believe in Harry Potter either. I As in like I he's have, not real or what do you mean? <laughs> I have hated those books since I was a child. Oh, wow. I was, okay. I was so mad at them. It got me into fights in school because people, mm. people who love Harry Potter love it so much that if yeah. you don't like it, it's a personal affront. Mm, so you haven't even watched them? I have. I read oh, okay. six of the books, and I watched three of the movies. They're good movies, but my anger towards towards the fans of it is just too deep and strong, and I, I yeah, it just can't brings up too many, it. it brings up too many memories <laughs> too for you. Too much I anger, but, but you know, so, well done movies. But you know, I will say, uh, to Michelle's point, that's probably my favorite Harry Potter film, Prisoner of Azkaban. Isn't that, was that by like, a real director? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Who did direct that? Yeah, you're right. God, I got to look it up now. I can't remember who the director was, but you're right. Look it up. Do you have Google there, your fingertips? Alfonso Cuaron. Yeah, Cuaron, who did Gravity, Gravity, yeah, which I mentioned on Sandra Bullock, actually. Those actors are good kids. I like them. I like that they're succeeding. You know, I like all the players in this. I just would burn those books in a fire. Yeah, Michelle also says The Return of the Jedi. We didn't mention any Star Wars films, but there you go. I wonder if I could have gotten away with doing um, The Rise of Skywalker. I wonder if I could have gotten away with doing that. Oh, is that the third in the third set? (laughs) That's the ultimate threequel. That's where you get messed up, right? It's like, (laughs) wait a second, what? It's the ninth movie, but what? You could have argued for it, but I like that you kept your list pure. I'm good, I'm good. And then she also says Rocky Three. Let's see, uh, David Powell, patron in front of the show, says Last Crusade, Alien Three, Dream Warriors, Goldfinger. I think that's Austin Powers. Is that Austin Powers? No, Austin no, Powers is gold, gold member. Gold that. So that must be James Bond. That's got to be James Bond, yeah. <laughs> and then he also says Return of the King, which I agree with. Josh Ragland says Toy Story 3, Prisoner of Azkaban, Revenge of the Sith, and Return of the King. So he did the actual third film in the Star Wars films, right. Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> so that makes sense. Joey Austin says Army of Darkness. That's my guy. That was in my honorable mentions. Michael Hill, patron of the show, says Christmas Vacation. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Return of the King, also on my list. Return of the Jedi, Spider-Man No Way Home. Army of Darkness, Dream Warriors, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, Toy Story 3, The Last Crusade, How to Train Your Dragon 3. All right. You into the How to Train Your Dragon film? I actually don't know if I've seen the third Weirdly, one. Weirdly, I only have seen the third one. Oh, wow. <laughs> on a very weird date. So I don't weird. remember much of it. I remember being uncomfortable, but I'm just still thinking about how I wish I had put Gold Member. Yeah, Gold Member. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely thought that was Austin Powers at first. I had to like. No, I, I'm saying I want the Austin Powers. I want gold member, not gold finger. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Uh, Brad, patron in front of the show, says Alien 3, Hellraiser 3, mm. uh, Nightmare 3, Dream Warriors, Batman Forever, and Zack Snyder's Justice League. I don't know if he did that to troll me because, well, <laughs> I like the new one, the Zack Snyder one I'm okay with. <laughs> uh, Marshall, friend of the show, says Captain America's Civil War. Yeah, 
That's actually good. In the Captain America trilogy, he's right there. That's a really good one. Ocean's 13, uh, Return of the King, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, which is a classic Western that he used to watch with his grandfather. I saw that one come up on a lot of lists online, actually. Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Clint Those are the ones that you forget are part of other movies. I feel like older movies, they didn't hammer home that it was a series as much. They weren't banking on the IP as much as just making a good movie. And so they wouldn't be like, look, it's another one of these. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. Patron and friend of the show, Dan from Netflix and Swill, says Zack Snyder's Justice League. I gave him a little bit of a hard time, and I asked <laughs> if that was actually a threequel, and I guess it turns out, based on his research, that it is. So that's fine. We'll include it. Let's see. Drew Hallam, patron in front of the show. You know Drew. Drew's the man. Oh, yeah. He says, Tales from the Dark Side, Creep Show 3. He also says, Return of the Jedi, Army of Darkness, Dream Warriors, Return of the King, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, The Last Crusade, Christmas Vacation, and Tremors 3. Oh. Back to perfection. So Tremors 3, that's a, that's a deep cut there. Yeah. My friend Lauren, she's literally like the cutest human on earth uh, when she comments here. But she says, uh, don't come for me, but Eclipse from the Twilight series as the, <laughs> as the best plot hands down. Though I haven't actually seen the movie because the first one was so wildly disappointing that my sad vampire teenage heart couldn't bear it anymore. <laughs> so she must be basing it on the book, but that's uh, that's fine. Right. Twi- Twilight needs fans, too. That's fine. Yeah. Let's see. Any others that we haven't mentioned here? Paul from The Countdown mentioned John Wick 3, Parabellum. You like the John oh. Wick films? You love Keanu. Yeah, and I liked the third one because Halle Berry was in it, but she wasn't in it, in it uh, enough. But I will That's watch true. the first one. Halle Berry's not in anything enough. Am I right? That's very true. You know what? Unless <laughs> I don't even she's know what like... that means. But <laughs> I feel like she's it was just, true. I agree. I stand behind it. All right. Uh, David says Avengers Infinity War. I'm kind of surprised we didn't mention um, the Avengers films. but I, d- I didn't like when it got really complicated. Yeah, it's too much. I agree. Uh, here we go. Christiani says Die Hard with a Vengeance as well. He also says The Last Crusade and Army of Darkness. Top tier patron of the show, Dan Roski, says Return of the Jedi, Back to the Future 3, Red, ja- uh, Red Dragon, and every film that uses third in its series to be a 3D, <laughs> such as Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> such as Jaws 3D and Friday the 13th 3D. <laughs> I believe Spy Kids did as well. Yeah, <laughs> Off the Spy top Kids. Of my head. <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, let's see what else we got here. Daniel Henderson from The Movie Journey, patron of the show, says Chasing Amy. He says it's the View uh, Ask You universe, so it's technically a, the third in that. Clerk, Small Rats, and Chasing Amy. I don't know. Are you going to give him that? Do you want to give him that? Will, I will only because Kevin Smith is constantly trying to make the View Ask universe happen, and I'm going to let him have it. All right. Yeah, we'll go. We'll, we'll, we'll accept that one, Hendo. He also says Goldfinger and Return of the King. Amanda, friend of the show, says Thor Ragnarok. Let's see. Uh, Nick, our buddy Nick, you know him over there from uh, Nikolai's Kitchen. He says Zack Snyder's Justice League and Revenge of the Sith. They're really and, out to get you. Yeah, and David said make better choices. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you, David, for coming in there. Well, that's it. Thank you guys so much for the feedback this week in the suggestion box. And make sure you check the show notes to join up over to the Facebook fan community so you can suggest future episodes for me because that's where I interact with my fans the most. Emily, uh, you're the best. I love chatting with you. I love when you come back on the show. Hopefully you'll be back sooner than later. And thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I've got so many good things on my watch list now because of this. I know we got to do it. You got you got to get through them. You got to get in the holiday season. You got to watch Christmas Vacation. You could technically watch Die Hard with the Vengeance around Christmas time as well. So 
You, know, you got I'm a lot of, you got a lot of stuff on your plate. You I've know? got holiday movies to go for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, you're all set. Uh, just tell everybody where to find Tasteless and where to look you up online. Oh yeah, you can find it at tastelesspod.com or at tastelesspod on social media or just search Tasteless in your podcast apps. It is the podcast with the little tickets, red tickets on a blue background. It is not some men called the Tasteless Gentlemen that talk about probably garbage yeah that's not you you're not that <laughs> show you're the other show uh tasteless yeah look it up but i'll have a link down below for everyone too emily once again thanks so much for being here i'll talk to you soon thank you all right guys thanks for tuning in and i will see you guys again next week take care